Okay, we're we're recording. All right, what? take two. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm Steph. And I'm KB. And And we we are Activate Podcast. We are two Jesus-loving mamas who may cuss a little. This podcast is our passion. Get ready to tag along through the ups and downs of our crazy lives. We're going to bring you guests that will inspire and encourage you to grow in your health and in your faith. We will talk about parenting, relationships, fitness, and nutrition. We will bring you the latest fashion tips and share all of our favorite things. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you some laughs and relatable, inspiring content that will encourage you to activate your life. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm better than you. <laughs> yes. You poor thing. Jacked up my neck and my back. My neck. My back. My back. My uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, we'll leave the last part out. A little shout out to Jade right there. Jade's favorite. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, darn it. And it's not even like I was doing anything crazy, but my neck... I could tell this morning when I was leaving, like driving, I was like, oh, my neck feels like a little weird. And then, you know, just pushing it like I do. And there it went. I knew second round, there were three rounds to the workout. And I knew on the second round of handstand pushups, I was like, I just messed something up. And I was like, don't do any more. Don't do any more. Don't do any more. As I was doing more, like just ran to the wall. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) here I go. I really like give you props because I know how bad I want to do CrossFit, but I just know that I would continue to get injured because no, I'm, I'm not I'm proud of you for that. Aaron, my friend, Aaron, who does CrossFit too, she's so good at like scaling and she's so strong and so fast, but yeah. she just is not, I think, I think it's part of like getting caught up in my identity is like, I'm strong and I'm fast and I can do this and I don't want to not be able to do it. And so I won't. And she's so good. And she's done through injury though. Like she broke her ribs doing like a bar muscle up. Like, so she's been through it and just, you know, learned the hard way. And so I'm always like, you're so good at just like, cause even they're like, Aaron, you can do more than that. And she's like, I know, but I'm not doing it today. Like I good yeah, for that feels her. weird. Yeah. I gotta I gotta find that somewhere because yeah, this well, sucks. it's hard <laughs> and especially like being at the place. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm back to kilo like regularly and I've unchecked all of the things that I couldn't do like after my elbow injury. And so mm-hmm. I'm getting there, but it's you know, like today part of my workout was the seated press, barbell yeah. press. 45 pounds, man, and it is hard that is hard <laughs> you know but that's I'm heavy like, it's well but if I was at the thing and it would be you know women are 55 pounds or whatever yeah. and I just I I can't either because I'm so competitive and it's not even that I'm really competing with anybody else but it's like well if you're yeah, not rxing then what are what, you doing yeah I mean I <laughs> yeah I mean I had to put scale today because I have to have mats I use mats to do my handstand yeah. push-ups so I had to put scale but I mean you know Whatever it is, what Listen, it is. But a this mat stuff. is not a scale. It's just you're preventing your brain in case you fall. Although, yeah, I did. I still <laughs> broke my damn neck, but um, <laughs> hopefully, I can get in. I've like got a request in with you know this massage guy that I that we all go to, and yeah. I, it was like first available was Friday. I'm like, what? You don't have an available one like in five minutes because that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, oh my word. Yeah. Yay. 
Well, here we are again, and you're about to go on vacation to Florida, but not to me, so... Right, and we're going to the uh, the Gulf side, where it's not warm. No one warned me. Um, so, but I'm actually, I'm Ashley and I were talking on the way to school. I'm like, I'm so excited that I'm going on an airplane with you I and know. Daddy, and I'm not just leaving again, and I said, it doesn't, the weather won't make or break our trip. I'm like, we're going to have fun no matter what. And I said, this trip is about you and Isabella, my niece. And I said, you're going to, I promise you, you're going to have fun no matter what we're going to make it. So, yeah. So yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And your dad, I can't remember what it was now, but I had posted something and he said, I'm coming down there you know, this week and I'm coming to pick it up and I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> yeah, they're going to, yeah, they're going to Naples. Yeah. Um, so that's initially where we were supposed to be going, but, um, and it's warm there. Just PS Jonathan. Wow, it's very close to us. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, uh, yeah. who doesn't listen. We won't talk about that. <laughs> oh, and then if you were in Naples, then you could come here. No, yep. It'll, yep. it will be so special. And when I was in, um, Destin, um, it was last ago. May. Okay. It, yeah. And it was, you know, you think it's chilly, but it's, I mean, it still is different. It's different air and it, yeah. You know, yeah. They'll, their kids, man. I mean, That's what I said. they don't feel somehow they don't feel cold. Like they'll still <laughs> jump like in us. the water. Yeah. <laughs> not like us. Yeah. yeah. Even this past weekend, we went to the beach and my sister was just in the water the whole time. And, you know, I went over there and whoop, put your toe in. Little, Felt the, you know, the <laughs> waves come in once. And I was like, okay, hey, well, I'll be over here with the babies. I don't want to go in the water. <laughs> yep. That's me too. That's me. <laughs> Yay. Oh, man. All right. All so right. 75 hard. Let's, uh, what yep. is it? Day 23, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 23rd. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I still feel like I've still have done all of the things. Um, the other day when I restarted, my thing said, did you do everything? And I was like, yeah, cause I Never loved it yeah. that day. And then even today when I went to put in my picture, it like kept spinning and it said, "Uh Oh, something's wrong. And so I was like, no, that happened there- to Jonathan the other night. Like there was a glitch with the app or something, but thankfully yes. it still let him like put his picture in later um because he i'm like i'm like okay i understand that the app is like makes you feel like you did it but you didn't fail just because you didn't put it in the app you still did it (laughs) so like it's okay if it doesn't work but um it thankfully it did so oh but yeah that would be a little bit of a mind bend to not see it say i'm like oh my gosh but i really do just feel like i'm gonna do i I am excited even for phase one, even though I had to restart and I'm not even anywhere near 75 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chad, I think Chad must have listened to the pod and heard how awesome Jonathan's doing. And mm. so he's going to be committed to starting when everybody leaves. My dad is coming tomorrow now yeah. and then till Tuesday. And my brother is here and staying. My sister and nephews are still here. And um, I think my brother's going to be ready to start. You know, he's been walking like nine miles a day. Dang. Um, yeah, just in the neighborhood. And so I'm like, dude, just, you know, we got him on the supplements and he's loving it and thriving. And so I think those two will start together um, and just have their meal prep and do all the good. things. So, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we've talked about a little bit and I, it was fun to see um, our girl Shelly. She was talking on in her stories about how the reading has been her favorite part. And yeah. um, 
it's something I always did, but I definitely feel like I'm reading more lately. I think that yeah. started, um, it started In the before, <laughs> yeah, right. Wherever. Um, it started before this, but I've been reading a lot. I kind of go and like, it comes and goes for me. Um, yeah. I always like read my devotions and stuff, but I'm not always like engrossed in a book and I just have been ouch lately. Yeah. And, um, so I just thought today we could just chat about what we're learning from what we're reading. Yeah. Awesome. So you're reading 5am club and we did do, we did actually an episode about that book. I read that book <laughs> quite a while back, but because we did an episode on it, I know that there's lots of great stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so you can let, why don't you chat a little bit about what you're finding? Okay. Awesome. Well, and I, you know, that I've done like the miracle morning and you know that we both talk about it like obsessively almost about the morning routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been really trying to get back to waking up early because when I was waking up, even at four forty-five or, you know, five o'clock, um, I was so much more productive. And so a couple of things that I really love about this book specifically is just like the key principles. And so I wrote down a couple of things. Um, number one is like less is more like people are really attempting so much and I am guilty, right? Like I was just even the last number of years, it was like, uh, the faster way. And, you know, before that it was, you know, Zaya or, you know, I mean, that was quite a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Um, but I was always trying to, make a certain amount of income and what I was doing before wouldn't allow me to make that income with just one Mm -hmm. place. And so now that I've really channeled all of my energy to here where we are, it has been such a blessing. And I've really been trying to honor like the evening time or was trying to like watch TV and stuff with Chad. But I also find that you know, I like to work at night. And so I'm trying to just work in a couple of nights to do that. But anyways, less is more people are attempting too much. And especially it doesn't just have to be in our industry. You know, it's people are, they're just, oh, I don't have the time or I'm too busy or I have this, this, this. It's like the excuses are like so abundant. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, let's stop with all the abundant excuses and just use like the time to be productive. So Um, it says what makes a legendary performer so good isn't the amount of natural talent they are born into, but the extent of that potential that they actualize and capitalize on. Mm -hmm. Right. So like everybody really truly does have the same amount of ability or, you know, whatever. It's just that some people have the drive to like keep going. Like a dream without action is just a dream, right? Absolutely. It's just a dream. And Uh, you know, like even in the line of work that we do, like it's, it's called a power hour, (laughs) you know, it's like literally you can get so much done, check in with your clients, you know, all of the things in an hour. And then sometimes when we're talking, when I'm talking to like people on the team or whatever, you know, and they're like, I just, you know, I'm so far from my goal. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you did the power hour? Like when's the last time you actually did the thing that is going to help you to grow? Um, and then I love this filling valuable hours with meaningless moves is the drug of choice for most people. Mm. Scrolling, scrolling Scrolling comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Scrolling, um, binging shows, which I mean, I know it's like 
I've actually been watching Love is Blind and <laughs> random cracks mm-hmm. my day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like that's hard, fulfilling valuable hours with meaningless moves. Um, and I was also finding that to be really true for me again once AJ went back to school and I would have all day to work. I would come and sit in my office and then I would be like four hours later, like, what did I actually accomplish? Did I do that focused power hour? You know, it's like, okay, do this, do this, make this call, schedule yeah. it, you know? So mm-hmm. really trying to just... Um, find the time to actually uh, do the things that are going to be valuable. So it also said, stop managing your time and start managing your focus. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, again, and then, you know, being busy doesn't mean that you're being productive. Um, And then even though we are talking about like our mindset today on the podcast, one thing that I really love that they pointed out too um, was that without dealing with your heart set, so he calls it the heart set. So I was just going to read a quick thing right here. Uh, it basically says so many of us know what we should do mentally, but nothing extraordinary ever happens because our emotional life remains a mess. We stay stuck in the past. We haven't forgiven the unforgiven. We've repressed all those unhealthy emotions from all that has hurt us. So Sigmund Freud wrote that unexpressed emotions will never die. They are buried alive and they will come forth later in uglier ways. Mm-hmm. We wonder why our attempts at positive thinking aren't working. Uh, what I'm sharing with you explains why so many self-improvement books don't lead to lasting evolution. Why so few conferences make an enduring difference. You know, we just got back from conference and it, it is life changing. Um, but we also do a lot of the work, right? Mm-hmm. Like the other work. Uh, so we really wish to become brighter producers and get be better people, but we merely get the information at the level of thought. When we sabotage our lofty aspirations with the resi- residue of our broken hearts, so nothing shifts, nothing increases, nothing transforms. If you want to experience exponential growth and unparalleled performance, you need to dial into a masterful mindset, but also repair, rebuild, and reinforce a winning heart set. Mm. And it just says, so all of the dark and toxic emotion from your past pains are cleared out, released and cleansed and purified forever. And so your heart, once hardened by life's trials, reopens in all of its noble glory. Yeah. I mean, this is what we were talking about, like what with Courtney, the, you know, inner healing coach, like it's so important to address your trauma. And that's actually one of the things I'm going to say from my book too. And, um, I think the problem is that we don't, we're like, oh yeah, like I'm over that. I'm fine. You know, whatever that happened, but whatever. And you don't realize how much it affects literally the way that you are. It is, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely, it makes you who you are. And if those attributes are bad, if it's coming from trauma, like you got to work through that. Yeah, you have to work through it. And I'm really finding, I know I've said it on here a million times too, that, you know, for me, like, was it the drink? Was I drinking because I was depressed or, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so now after being so far in like 120 some days now, Mm -hmm. um, like it's your brain. And I thought that I was covering up things possibly, but it truly was that I just couldn't remember things. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And now Mm -hmm. I'll be driving down the road and I'll remember something from, you know, like when I was 20 years old or I'll remember something from, you know, and it's just like incredible how much, I'm remembering and allowing myself to like remember, but because such a huge part of that is also the healing and, yeah. you know, it's just, it, you have to do all the work, not yeah. part yeah. of the work. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of doing work, so all my books have been about marriage. You know that I've just yeah. like, I just, I was just spiraling so quickly and I don't, I don't, like I, I've said, I, I reached out to a, you know, a counselor and a coach and I hired them immediately. And I just like started diving into these marriage books and just like praying every day. Like the first thing when I open my eyes in the morning, I just, I'm like, God, please come into my marriage. Please just come into my marriage. And, yeah. you know, like, and, and that's like as deep, like, that's what I say. Like, I don't even know what it is I need from him because I have a wonderful husband, but it was just like this in my, it was in my head and yeah. well, it's real, but it, I mean, it's also my thoughts. Right. And so yeah. just like, how do I deal with this? How do I express myself? How do I make him understand? How do I make myself understand? And so I've just been like, anytime someone, you know, mentions a marriage book, I buy it on Amazon and it's like next in my queue of what I'm going to read. So so far I've read, um, I started with the four seasons of marriage and then I read love and respect. And that right now I'm reading, um, love and war and I love them all and they all have taught me something. And so, um, <laughs> I believe I have, they've all of them. taught me, they've all taught me a lot of things, but I think what happens with, when we read these books is that it's almost like you take away one thing. Right. And I think what that, you want to take away. Well, what you want to, or what, what, you, what, convicts you the most or what resonates sure. with you the most. Right. Um, so for four seasons of marriage, I just made some, some notes here. Um, but so winter, spring, summer, fall. Right. So as I'm reading it, I'm like, we're in winter. It's winter here. You know, it's friggin' winter. Um, but what the biggest lesson I took away from this book is that loving your spouse well is really loving God well. And that yeah. is so convicting. Right. Um, just like seeking to understand their feelings, not trying to change them, just truly seeking to understand where they're coming from. And then agreeing to disagree with respect. Like we don't have to agree on everything and I don't have to try to change him to agree with what it is that I'm saying. I can just respectfully disagree with what it, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, neglect really when we stop taking care of our marriage, that is what puts us into the winter season, right? So we, you know, kids work hobbies, we just begin to neglect our marriage and it doesn't happen on purpose, but it just happens over time. And the more you do it, the more you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of what we were doing. We were just like kids and work and business and a hobby. Like, I guess this is a hobby of mine. He is hunting and whatever. Like, so we were just very, and it felt, it didn't feel like we were doing anything wrong. Right. We're just like, we're parenting. We're doing all these things. We're checking the boxes, but we weren't taking care of our marriage. Yeah. And, um, and then that was coming out and I don't, I don't feel like he, besides my attitude, I don't think he felt like anything was wrong, but it, it was like, really like we don't talk <laughs> like we don't have conversations like sure everything's yeah. fine we're kind to each other for the most well he's kind to me um for the <laughs> um so it's it was very important and like we don't have conversations either it's just like in passing or like whatever and then sometimes like chad can get very like you know and then i'm like see this is why this is why we don't have well, conversations exactly and so we had actually had a moment like that where it was af after the retreat and after the inner healings coach and we went to dinner and I realized that the reason I don't talk about a lot of things is because I don't like his reaction or he, yeah, I don't like his reaction. And so then it makes me wish I never would have said a word. Right. And he yeah. has no idea. He's completely oblivious. And so I really had to like 
preemptively be like, listen, I'm about to share something with you that is extremely important to me that I've not felt safe sharing with you before because of what I believe your reaction would be or because of past reactions to something similar. And so before I say this, I really need you to understand that your reaction is important. And he like, he's like, he got, he, he, that he took that in for sure. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't even, you know what, please tell me. And he was very just receptive. And so I think like almost like preparing him for the conversation that I needed to have and letting him know (laughs) that, listen, everything I say requires a nice response. (laughs) Well, right. And just like, just an understanding. I just need to be understood and we just lack communication so much. And so I was, you know, and then I was able to share like parts of it with him. And I said, and there are parts that I'm not, I don't feel safe sharing with you yet, but I want to get there. I can't wait to have that. And he didn't like that. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to share it with you because I'm afraid of your reaction. And then I'll close down, right? I'll completely close down. But if we can get like, let's talk through this first thing. And he got very open and vulnerable. And we actually got home from dinner and we sat in the garage in the car for quite a while and just kept talking. And it was like, yeah, it was like a, it was a really great moment for us. But you know, I mean, maybe some of the just like preemptively being like, look, I'm about to say something like just making it known that like, Hey, this is important to me and I need you to actually be listening. Um, well, and I think guys are just conditioned or like taught mm -hmm. that they, that they shouldn't have these, that they shouldn't share too. They shouldn't share what's on their mind or their heart or the deeper stuff, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, for us, why aren't you sharing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, how come I'm hearing this from our friend that you picked up at the airport instead of, you know what I right, mean? Right. Why or the, we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Like let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel that so much. And I was reading in one of these books, I think it was the love and respect book. It talked about how men like they call it shoulder to shoulder time. And yeah. it's just like, if you put a group of guys together and their chairs are all like shoulder to shoulder, right? They're all facing the same direction. They'll just stay like that. And like, maybe say a few words here and there, but like women will turn their chairs toward each other and they'll have like whole conversations. And it's truly just the difference in men and women. And so I really realized because we were on a walk one day doing 75 hard, right. And we were not talking. And I was like, he said, or I said something, he didn't react the way I wanted. And I said, you're miserable to have a conversation with and that he didn't like that. And like we got, had a little, you know, few words. And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, all he needs from me right now is shoulder to shoulder time. He just needs me to be right here. He doesn't need, we don't need, it doesn't have to be just a giant 45 minute conversation while we walk, because that's sometimes what I need. Right. Yeah. It's not, he doesn't have that same need or desire as me. So just knowing that sometimes he just needs for me to be in the room. Right. It's like when we our time watching a show together, like he rubs my feet and I'm in the bed and we watch a show and we're not talking. And I'm like, Oh, is this quality time? <laughs> uh, hey man, but, if, if quality time for him is rubbing the feet, that's fantastic. Right, he does. He does rub my feet. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of recognizing that we are different, but God yeah. doesn't make mistakes and he created us differently on purpose. And we are supposed to be able to work together and make, make that all work. Right. So, yeah. um, I love that. One thing too, that just has really stood out for me in our business and in like the mentorship that we have, Mm -hmm. um, is really how they just also speak. So like it's God, 
in family marriage. Oh my gosh. I I meant to talk about that. The fact that every single person at the front of the stage that one night, um, you know, before we went to the award ceremony, all of our elites, all of our higher ups, every single person mentioned God in what they were talking about. Yes. They, they mentioned their faith. And then that just makes me feel so com- like, I'm just so yeah. know I'm in the right place that I, yep. yes, that is so, so true. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's important that we acknowledge negative thought patterns, right? When you get into this repetitive, like, you know, like you can really spiral quickly when you start believing these things. Um, And then just like identifying and listing out positive traits of your spouse. When's the last time you wrote a list of what is good about Chad or what is good about Jonathan, right? Like if you just write them out, because there are so many wonderful things about my husband, so many I would be able to write a lot longer list than he could write about me. I'll tell you that. I'll stop. (laughs) Um, Well, no, true story. Um, But then um, practice focusing on those traits, right? Focus on the positive. It's easier said than done, but ask God to give you a biblical perspective of your spouse. Yes. And that is the biggest thing. Like God made us all perfectly in his image. Amen. Yes. And then express that appreciation to your spouse. Let them know how you feel. Let them know when you, you know, when you write down this trait and you're like, gosh, I've never like said you are so good at this, or I love you because of this or whatever that is. Um, so, um, so now it kind of goes into the, so the four seasons of marriage is written by the same person that wrote the five love languages. So even though you love your spouse, if you don't ever learn to express it in a way that they receive it, they will never fully feel it. Right. And I think that's where our big, mm, our big, whatever was happening, right? Like we just weren't loving each other the way we need to be loved or the way we receive love. He receives love by physical touch. And I like, you know, put on a glove and I like, I don't know. I just like, I don't do it. And my, the way that I receive love is quality time and words of affirmation. And he's just a very quiet dude. Like he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't need that. And it's not like he does it on purpose. It's just, this is him, right? It's just who he is. So him always touching my feet, rubbing my feet or touching me, whatever, that's because that's how he receives love. So that's how he's giving it to me. Right. And me always trying to talk to him when he just needs shoulder to shoulder time. It's because I need to talk. That's how I get love. So (laughs) it's recognizing in each other what it is that that we need, right? And we owe it to our spouse to love them the way they need to be loved and vice versa. Yeah. Um, So it said, how do you learn to speak a new love language? Because that's like the freaking hardest part. Like, how do I learn to be a physically touching person? You do it. You try. You practice. You remind yourself over and over, right? If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. It's like tying yeah. the shoe, right? Like you just keep practicing until it becomes second nature, until you learn how to do it. And your marriage is worth it. Your spouse is yeah. worth it. Um, and I wonder too, like if you think back of like when you first started dating, you probably, you know what I mean? Like mine is for sure physical touch, but then you get into seasons where you're like, or don't touch me. me. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't touch me. Like, you know, because, because you're not feeling loved. So even though physical touch might be the thing, it's like, okay, but also this, I want you to hear me without, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder, you know, it's like how people's why changes and grows, you know, like maybe too physical touch, could be, you know, on the radar. So yeah, just really well, diving and into that. I sometimes wonder if, if, is that his love language because I withhold it so much? 
Maybe yeah. it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's just like that he d- is so deprived of that, that he, yeah. you know, that he's desperate for it. So, well, um, yeah, because also like I used to say like gifts was like my zero, but Chad loves giving gifts. And yeah. so that's one thing that I really like now I'm like, Hey man, I love your gifts. And it turns right. out acts of service too, right up there. Hey, like even him making the dinners and my yeah. family being here, you know, last night he made that shrimp that I love so much and he hand grates the mango yeah. to make the mango slaw and it's so mm-hmm. yummy, you know? And my brother's like, this is the best thing I've literally ever put in my mouth. <laughs> you know? And it's like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so yeah. amazing. Yeah. But now he's also trying so hard with the physical touch with AJ and I, but I think because we lacked it for so long that we're mm-hmm. now we're both kind of like, Ugh, you yeah. know, so yeah, yeah. it takes um, work. Yeah. So then like you're saying about listening too. So nothing is more fundamental than talking and listening. So Mm -hmm. it's so important to become good at it, become an empathetic listener, right? So listen with an attitude of trying to understand. Oftentimes we're so ready to just get our point across that we're not even listening to what they're saying. We're just preparing for what we're going to say in, in return. Right. Um, withhold your judgment when your spouse is talking. It's not about that. They're not, they're not talking to you so that you judge them and tell them why they're wrong. They're just expressing themselves and then Mm -hmm. affirm your spouse. Even when you disagree, that's so hard, but it's so important. Um, and then share your own ideas only after your spouse is feeling safe and heard and understood, right? Like don't just come at them with your whatever you're thinking before you're, before you're fully understanding what it is that they're saying. So try and take that in. So it's like saying, that's an interesting way to look at it instead of that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Cause that's what I would say. Like, <laughs> that's interesting. Right. Oh, wow. Interesting. Also <laughs> stupid. Who told you that? No, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not nice. I'm not nice. Um, so I'm, but I will tell you through all of this, I have more to say, but God is changing our marriage and I'm so yeah. grateful. Like now my, I wake up every morning and I'm just like, thank you God, because it's a feeling. And it's something yeah. that like, I was so closed off. I was so angry. I was so like hurt. And so all up in my feelings about all of this that I couldn't get out and divorce has never been an option for me because I'm divorced. And yeah, I never want to put Asher through what my big kids continue to go through to this day. I never will do it. And also like, I don't have, I don't want to get divorced. I I don't, my husband is, it's not like he's beating me and cheating on me. And like, that's not the case. Like this is literally a case of like, okay, I feel kind of unhappy sometimes. Like, yeah, it's winter and it's just a part of marriage. Right. Yeah. Um, but so doing the work, doing is the so work, important. doing yeah. the work and that through counseling and coaching and reading and like talking to my spouse, like it's so important. And I'm so proud of myself for doing it, but also like God is doing this work in us. And I'm just so grateful for that. Um, so part of what we do as mothers is forget that we're wives, right? Our husbands need us yeah. just as much as our children. <laughs> um, AJ's still in the bed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, we got to work on that too. Again. Um, the ultimate purpose of marriage is that a husband and wife will help each other accomplish the purpose for which God has created them. He did not create us to do this alone. Right. And so your, your spouse is your biggest supporter. Like you can't go out into the world and do all the things that you need to do and show up for all the people you need to show up for. If you're by yourself, right. Are you sure? We're made to be together. Yes, (laughs) We we are. Um, 
I say um too much. I keep looking back at my notes. Uh, I feel like I don't notice that you say um a lot. It's when we get the transcript, trans, yeah, and transcription, the and I'm like, oh my gosh, I say like um, like um, like, like um, um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so love and respect now. So I'm moving on to that one. Um, men need respect like women need love. Yeah. And this book was extremely convicting to me because I am disrespectful so much of the time. It is. My disrespect comes a little bit from my sense of humor is sarcastic and often self-deprecating. So I'll do it to myself and then therefore think it's okay to do it to him as well. Mm, Like, and then what the saddest part is that Asher sees it and will repeat it to me in private. Like, did you see dad? Like, and it's something exactly that I would say. And I definitely do not want that. I want him to think his daddy hung the moon. And because yeah. I would love for him to turn out like his dad, he is, his dad yeah. is a wonderful person. I don't want to, if Jonathan turned into me, we'd be in trouble. So the fact <laughs> that I can constantly am trying to like convince him of something or change his mind about something or change him, that's not yeah. truly what I want. Right. Yeah. Uh, so what if, so this was the convicting, the really convicting part. And I immediately sent it to you when I read it and it said, what if your son grew up and married someone exactly like you? ouch, that would not be okay with me. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to treat Ashy like I treat (laughs) treat Jamie. (laughs) All right. And it's not funny. It's convict. Like it truly did convict me, right? Yeah. So respecting your husband is not based on his behavior. It's based on the fact that he is a man made in the image of God, just like you said. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. My respect is not based on his behavior. It's not based on whether he annoyed me or not. It's based on the fact that I love and respect God. And that also was so convicting to me. Yeah. Um, Respecting and loving your husband equals respecting and loving God. So unconditionally respect your husband out of obedience for the Lord. Oof. That's hard. Oof, right? That is so hard. Um, But it's so important that that's where we're like, it is not because he's, you know, showed up at his best today or did the nice thing or cleaned something or took a kid somewhere. Like that is not why we respect our husband. We respect him because God tells us to. Yeah. Just as God tells them to love us. Right. And honestly, Jonathan, he does. He loves me so much. He's so good at his job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) cherish and respect could never remember that word. Um, but so, and then, so then now in this love and war and I'm, I'm mostly done with it, but it's so good. And gosh, like I've gotten so much out of it, but the two biggest things are dealing with your own brokenness, right? Because then we're always bringing that in just like you're saying. And then, um, and then the biggest thing that I've taken away from this one so far, I'm going to see if I can find the spot, but it's about agreements. It was this, um, chapter about agreements and it's about, um, Satan and Satan is the father of lies. Right. And he gets us to believe these things, um, about our spouse. Like for me, it's always John. He's annoying. Like he annoys me. I live annoyed constantly. And so I have this belief he is annoying. And you know what that is? That's an agreement with the devil. Yeah. And it's allowed me to just like constantly stay in this. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where I'm always like, oh, yep. See, he's so annoying. He's so annoying. And I'm, I tell him that like, that's so wrong. Um, 
he's like, I'm sorry, baby. Am I annoying you? I'm like, yeah, you are like, cause he knows like, and it's, it's awful. And again, I would never want him to be like me. So the fact that I'm constantly critiquing him and trying to change him, like that is so far from what I would want out of him. I want him to be who he is. He's wonderful. Um, doesn't mean he's not annoying sometimes because he is. <laughs> um, but like the fact that me thinking that and believing that lie about my husband is me being in agreement with the devil. Like that's yeah. so profound to me. And just like, you know, like I, we, we, we have all these agreements in our life, you know, about everything, about lots of things. And we just are so set in our ways. And sometimes, you know, it's so hard to decipher what's coming from God and what's coming from Satan, because he is real as real as God is Satan is like, he is real and he is smart and he is savvy and he is sneaky. And he is, you know, gets us in our most vulnerable places. He knows right where to strike, right where it will hurt us the most and right where he can manipulate us. And, um, I think that it's just so important to decipher and discern between, you know, what, what, what is from God and what is from Satan and, the areas in our lives where we're in agreement with Satan and we're just living that out every single day. And it's, again, it's just this spiral. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Right. And like Mm -hmm. I said, the self-fulfilling prophecy, I'm constantly trying to corroborate my story. Right. And I'm, I'm good at it. I do it a lot. Um, (laughs) so that's kind of what I've taken from this book. And again, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. And, you know, like I was like three quarters of the way through the second book I read on marriage and I'm like, it ain't working. I don't know. Like I still feel the same. (laughs) Like I feel convicted by these things. And, you know, even when Jonathan went to counseling with me, I was like annoyed and I was disrespectful. Like he, cause my counselor called me out the next week. He said, cause Jonathan said some story and I was like, that didn't happen. You know, like he didn't hear me, but I like mouthed it. And he brought that up when I was talking about this love and respect book. And I was annoyed then with him. And I'm like, well, it didn't happen like that or whatever it was, but it's so disrespectful. And I don't want, I don't want my kids to expect that from their wife. Right. I don't want to like perpetuate this. And I don't want like my husband doesn't deserve it. And I I want to show up as a better wife and I want to honor God in my marriage. And, you know, I think that we get so self-righteous and think we know. And I don't know. I I just, I don't want that. Well, why do I have to, and they don't have to. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, um, yeah. And I think too, because he's doing 75 hard, like that's something that you guys have in common, you know, for Chad, for many years, he wasn't taking care of his health. He wasn't like doing those things. And that was important to me. And, you know, since like now he's doing that, now he's not drinking, you know, God is also working in our marriage too, because I'm not annoyed anymore. And Mm -hmm. he's not doing the things that the constant drinking was having him do, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, and then too, like he's doing the work, he's going to counseling, he's going to men's group at church, you know, so Mm -hmm. it definitely it also has to be, you know, it can't always be the one person doing the work. And so I love that, like JB, like he's doing 75 hard with you, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's definitely helping you to be like, okay, he wants to have that, you know, I felt like maybe that backfired at first though, because I was seeing him less because I thought we would always be doing our second workout together, but he's in a, in a, 
you know, a season of life where work is really, really busy. And so he is not coming home until like seven every night. And then he either has to do it before he goes in the morning or, yeah. you know, while I'm taking Asher to school or he has to do it at seven o'clock at night and you can bet your butt I'm not doing anything at seven o'clock at night <laughs> yeah. being in my pajamas. Um, so at first I was like, I don't, maybe this was a bad idea, but then, you know, the, the handful, the three or four walks that we have done together have been great. And yeah. it does give us a common, you know, we're working toward a common goal and we're both like, yeah. you know, we both, we have it to relate on. We can talk about it at the end of the day, like, Oh man, the water was tough for me today. Or, you know, I jacked up my neck at the gym that, you know, like just, we yeah. have like um, something that we can kind of come back to and talk about. So yes, yeah. it has been really good. And I'm glad that. that we decided to do that together. So love it. Yay. Yay. So good. So good. 39 minutes. All right. 39 minutes. Yes. Perfect. I got, I got got 18 minutes to go eat my lunch and then go get Caleb. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I know. Lunchtime it is. All right. Well, happy Monday, everybody. Yeah. Happy Monday. And let us know about your favorite books. And, um, it's been a while, I think, since we've asked for people to do a review for us. So if you guys wouldn't mind, just literally, if you haven't left us a review or if you feel like doing it again, we would really, really appreciate that. You know, we continue to grow whenever um, we get our reviews. And so thank you for doing that and have an awesome Monday. Yeah. Happy Monday. Later. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. If you found value or were simply entertained, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, be sure to follow us on Activate Pod on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for your support. Today's the perfect day to activate your life. We love y'all.